All right. Well, again, so good to be able to see all of you here. And thank you so much for joining us, especially just want to give uh, a shout out to those of you who are here with us in person, uh, because I know I'm chilly. And so I guarantee you guys are cold, too. But thank you guys so much for being uh, here with us today. And so uh, it's good to be able to see some faces uh, as we're preaching. I still would have preached if no one was here, but it's so good to be able to have faces and people to preach uh, to and to connect with and worship with in person and want to thank all of you who are uh, joining us online as well. We are uh, going to do a, a one-off series, uh, just a one-off sermon rather, uh, today. And so I'm going to ask, I know we just prayed, I'm going to ask that you join me in a word of prayer as we get ready uh, to go into a sermon called What's Next as we close out this year, as we go into the next year. Uh, many of us might be questioning and wondering what's next. How do we respond and how do we navigate that? So will you join me uh, wherever you are, however you're watching, may you know how much God loves you. And will you join me in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you are here with us, wherever here is for us, whether we're here in person, whether we're across uh, the city or maybe even across the country. Lord, we're so grateful that um, you are present, that we know that you are with us. As Faith quoted earlier, that um, we can be, you command us not to be terrified or discouraged, but to know that be strong and courageous, for you are with us wherever we go. So God, we thank you for your presence in our lives. God, I pray that as we dive into your word today, I pray that I would decrease, that you would increase, that you would speak in a personal, powerful, impactful way to every person who hears my voice. Lord, we love you, and we give you all honor and glory and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We actually are going to be in Joshua chapter 1 today, so you can go ahead and start turning there. But as you are, I just want you to just to take a moment to imagine with me, okay? Take a moment to think about where you were a year ago. Think about what the last Sunday, maybe after Christmas, before New Year's, what was life like for you one year ago this week, this Sunday? And Imagine kind of the things that you were worried about. Imagine the plans that you had for what's next for 2020. And imagine all those different things. And then imagine trying to go back in time to your one year ago self and explaining how much would have changed in this year. Imagine trying to explain about a pandemic. Imagine trying to explain um, about you know, a pandemic that has just recently claimed more American lives than World War II and how devastating that is. Imagine trying to explain the division that we've experienced in our country. Imagine how, thinking about the economic downturn and the different things that we've had to navigate. Imagine telling yourself, no, really, you're going to be wearing a mask all the time next year. I mean, imagine going back and saying, trying to explain what was next for you a year ago. And you probably wouldn't have believed it. And there are some videos that, you know, there's a video I saw that kind of plays along with this idea about trying to explain the pandemic to your pre-pandemic self and thinking about all the things. And that goes, that's just the kind of the big ticket items, right? Because there was the pandemic, there's the tension with elections, there's racial division, there's um, issues with, like we even had murder hornets for a while. Remember how that felt like a really big deal? Uh, Remember how, you know, we were just so concerned about so many different things and it felt like one thing after another. And you wouldn't have believed your future self a year ago saying, "Here, hey, here's what's next. And I bring that up because for us this week or for us this year, Many of us are sitting at the last Sunday of December, and we just want to know what's next because we have been exhausted by what's past. And it's been overwhelming and difficult, 
students who are unable to continue meeting in school, kids who are navigating what it looks like to distance learn, to distant learn, excuse me, adults, family members trying to figure out what it looks like to, to work in the midst of the season, people who've lost jobs, people who've lost loved ones. I mean, that's difficult. Many of us are wondering what's next, and we want to get past 2020 into 2021 because our hope is that 2021 will be better than 2020. But as Pastor Dan mentioned last week, there's no guarantee of that. We hope that. We want that. But there's no guarantee that 2021 will be easier. Some of us, 2020, in the midst of difficulty for so many people, some of us have had prayers answered in 2020 in a way that is unbelievable. Some of us, we know people who have been able to have babies that they've long hoped and prayed for this year, that we're able to move and and find a dream home, whether it's here or for many people going across the country to find a home that they're looking forward to what's next in 2021. Not just to get rid of 2020, but looking forward to the possibilities. And for us, um, we shared a video of uh, we're getting a, a puppy and so we got to share that with the girls. And so Shailen was like, I guess 2020 wasn't all bad, you know, because it's this idea of looking forward to what's next. And so I bring this up because we don't know what's next. We don't. We, we, we don't understand. We don't know. Just like future us, or sorry, if we were to tell our past selves, they wouldn't have understood what was coming in 2020. We, can't, we won't know what's happening in 2021. But there are a few things that we can do out of Joshua 1. There are a few things that we can do in order to answer this question. How how do we move forward and face what's next with strength and courage? We can't control the future just like we can't control the past. But we can control or we can navigate what we do today in order to be able to face whatever's in the future, what's next, and in order to navigate and grow from what's past. How do we do this? And so if you're following along with sermon and notes, it's, it's an empty page. You can fill in whatever you like. Um, you can just take notes however you want. But here's a few things coming out of Joshua chapter one that gives us some ideas of how we move forward and face what's next with strength and courage. And so I'm going to be in Joshua one and I want to summarize and kind of give a picture of context for the first four verses here. And this is what's happening. That Moses, who had led the people out of Egypt, had led the people for 40 years through the wilderness. Moses had just died and Joshua, son of Nun, was going to become or was appointed as the leader to lead the people into the promised land. Now, he talks about how God tells him how He's going to give him all the places where he sets his feet and that he's going to fulfill the promise he gave to Moses. And yet Joshua is in this place where he's followed someone for 40 years and now he's thrust into a position of leadership. And now he's in a place of figuring out what does it look like for him to face the next season, what's next with strength and courage. And you're going to see consistency out of the verses that we use, that we share here, the command that God gives uh, Joshua, and I wonder if we can tell what it was that he was struggling with most. So the first thing that we can do that will allow us to face the, what the next season, what's next with strength and courage, is to remember that you're a leader. Remember that you, anyone who's hearing my voice, either here or online, you are a leader. Here's how, Josh, or how um, verse 6 says it. 
Actually, verse 5. So no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. This is God speaking to, Moses, uh, to Joshua. Excuse me. He says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Then verse 6 that we have on the screen here. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. And we're going to stop there because I was texting with the, um, or I was connecting with a friend of mine, a, a former um, student that I was a high school pastor with. And he was sharing, I was, he's like, you know, how are you doing? I'm asking how he's doing. And he's like, He's like, you know, how are things going for you? I'm like, you know, it's good. Things are, you know, I'm trying to navigate a lot with leading right now and, and you know, how to navigate, the, lead the church and how to seek the Lord and how to care for the shepherd, the flock that God has entrusted. And, you know, there's a lot to figure out. He's like, and what he responded was, you know, I can't imagine trying to lead a group of people right now. And what I shared with him and how I responded was, but you already are. Because all of us have an influence with those around us. Whether it's someone that we talk to on the phone, whether it's people in our class, whether it's people at our workplace, whether it's people we have Zoom meetings with way too often, whether it's people that, you know, we're just in our family, in our home, we have the opportunity to lead people. And we could lead them towards bitterness and frustration and anxiety. We can lead them with faith and discipleship and impact. That John Maxwell talks about how leadership is influence. And the idea of, I, I like having a higher definition, like leadership is service, because that's how we see God or Jesus embodying that. But his point is valid because leadership is influence. Anyone you influence is someone that you can lead. So whether you have a position of leadership, the truth is that you have a calling to lead those around you. Again, whether it's family, school, workplace, wherever it may be, you are a leader. God says that he will never leave us nor forsake us and that we will, that Joshua will lead the people, that he may have needed strength and courage for what's next, but, he, but God wanted to remind him that he's right next to us, that God is right next to Joshua in the midst of this. He won't leave him, won't forsake him, but we can be strong and courageous. We take that to ourselves. Who are the people that you are leading who are those that you influence? And maybe you say, no, I really, JP, I, don't, I really don't have anybody to lead. To which I would respond, then the person that you need to lead most is the person who looks back at you in the mirror. Because you can lead yourself away from the things of God, away from drawing near to him, or you can lead closer to him, to, to follow in his footsteps, to keep in step with the spirit, or you could go run off and try to do your own thing. We all lead someone, even if that someone is just, not just, but is ourselves. So first thing is remember that you're a leader. If you remember that you're a leader and that God won't leave you or forsake you, that allows us to enter into what's next with strength and courage. Because we know that there's a calling to leadership and that God is there with us to meet us in that calling. The second thing we see here is that we don't, we not only remember that we're leaders, but also in order to face what's next with strength and courage, we need to prioritize God's word. Prioritize God's word. Here's what Joshua 1 verse 7 and 8 say. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. And then verse eight's on the screen as well. It says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night 
so that you may be careful to do everything written on it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. We live in a culture, we live in a world in which we want to figure out how to be successful. We want to figure out how, how can I have the most success? And the world defines success often as, you know, money or position or your possessions or the things that you own or whatever it may be or the, the respect people give you or whatever it may be. But God, how, he tells us how to be successful in these verses. He tells us, he, he repictures what success looks like. Success isn't being good in the eyes of the world. Success is following God's word. Do you, do I, do we find success in the world's definition or in God's word's definition of what success looks like? And how do we do that? We have to keep the word on our lips. We meditate on it day and night. We must put a priority to it. Not just something that we do every once in a while, not just something that we do haphazardly, but prioritize God's word. Think about what it means to always have God's word with you. And, and that could be very practically always having God's word with you if it's through the Bible app or things like that, but it's even more so hiding God's word in our hearts. How can you hide God's word in your heart? Well, we need to, as Psalm 109 talks about, we need to hide in our hearts and we memorize it. How do we memorize it? By doing what Joshua 1, 7, and 8 say, to keep it near us, to keep it on our lips, to meditate on it day and night in order to prioritize God's word, in order to move forward with what God defines as what's important, not what the world defines. Because we will listen to voices that determine success, determine our identity, and I would much rather find that definition in God and his word rather than the sliding scale or the fickle nature of the world, which changes just like the waves of the sea. But rather, we can have our firm foundation in Jesus Christ and his word. But as Matthew 7 talks about, there are two builders. One builder builds their life on the shifting sand. And so when the rain comes and the, the floods rise and the wind batters across, that one sinks or that one struggles. The foundation is lost. But if you build your foundation upon the rock, which what does Jesus say? Building the foundation upon the rock is to hear these words and to put them into practice. So Matthew 7, 24 through 29, paint the picture. We either find our de definition about the, from the world or from the word. And if we prioritize God's word, we will be successful, not in the eyes of the world, but in the eyes that created the world. The eyes that matter most, and those are the eyes of God that we see through his word. So we've already seen that two ways for us to focus or to face what's next with strength and courage. The first one is to remember that you're a leader. Whoever is leading, uh, you lead, whether it's yourself or those around you, prioritize God's word. And then verse 9 points us to this next idea that we must go with God. Go with God. Seems simple, but let's unpack it for a moment. Verse 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I had a friend who had a French bulldog puppy. Um, this was probably 10 years or so ago. And the French bulldog puppy uh, was super cute. Um, and, I mean, as cute as French bulldogs are, they've got you know, their own unique features. Um, but they, you know, this, this dog would, would walk, and then when it was on a leash, there would come a moment 
where my friend would try to walk the dog, and he, this dog would just lay down on his belly and would not move. And so in order to try to get the dog to move, like, my friend would start pulling on the leash, and he would just slide, like, like right along the ground. And this whole idea was that he was not willing to go with the one who was leading him. And so it was, it was like, you felt bad for him because, you know, he's probably was getting, like, his, it didn't feel good on his stomach. But you're also like, but just go. Like, just get on your feet and go with God, or in this case, go with your leader. But we go with God, and there's two points I want to focus on. First is the go part, that the Lord our God is with us wherever we go. And so we need to remind ourselves that there are times God is leading us to something, and whether it's because we're afraid, whether it's because we're terrified or discouraged, we don't always want to go forward, move forward in the direction God has called us. He might be telling us to get into a Bible study, but we just drag our stomachs on the ground. He might be telling us to get up and prioritize God's, his word in the morning and at night, and we drag he, ourselves on the ground. He might be calling us to share the gospel with a friend, and we you know, just drag ourselves on the ground. And we need to go. That Jesus, when he left and he ascended into heaven, he didn't say, hey, stay in your city and I will be with you to the end of the age. He says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them to obey all the commandments I gave you. And I will be with you even to the end of the age. We are called to go. So that's the first part of the point there is to go. But the second part is just as important, if not more so important, because it's go with God. It's not just to go wherever we want to go. It's not just to chase after you know, something that's distracting to us. It's to go with God and to know that when we go with God, we will not always go places in which we are comfortable, but we will go with the God of all comfort. We won't be somewhere that we always want to be, but we are where God wants to have us. We go, but we don't go alone. He says he will never leave us nor forsake us. He commands us not to be terrified or discouraged. He commands us to be strong and courageous, to pour courage into us, to encourage someone is to put courage in. Discourage is to have courage seeped out. He calls us to be strong and courageous by reminding us to go with him, that the Lord our God will be with us wherever we go. Lastly, We'll read verses 10 through 11 because Joshua's already been told by the Lord, hey, listen, I'm with you. You will lead these people. So remember that you're a leader. Then he gives the command, hey, keep the word, the book of the law in your mouth. Keep it on your lips. Meditate on day and night. So we must prioritize God's word. Then he reminds us to go with God. He commands us to be courageous and strong as we go with God. But then we see Joshua's response and how he then takes the next step and what he says to the people in verses 10 through 11 as we close our sermon in a few moments. Verse 10 says, So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, Go through the camp and tell the people, Get your provisions ready. Three days from now you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. Now, I want to sit on this for a moment because what we could do is we need to pack up and move forward. We need to pack up. We need to get our provisions ready and pack up and move forward. And so if uh, pack up and move forward and then 
after you've written that down in a moment, I want to go back to verse 11 on the screen because Joshua, after receiving three times that God has said, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, Joshua then goes out and he speaks to the people. He says, tell them to go and make your, get your provisions ready. What does this mean? This means that we need to be able to pack up. He needed to think about going into the wilderness and walking for 40 years and that whole generation is gone and now this new generation is raised up and you know you think about how they've just been kind of going in circles uh, for four decades and recognizing that there are you know they have their belongings they have their things they need to bring but they're needing to get their provisions ready because they're not just going to keep going in circles. They will cross into the Jordan. They will cross into the promised land. They will figure out what's next. And many of us need to take a look and have God speak to us, move in our hearts, reveal to us things that we need to bring with us into 2021 and things that we need to leave behind in 2020. That I don't know if you've had this. Um, just real quick, people here, how many of you have moved um, more than three times in your life? Okay. How many of you have moved um, more than, I don't know, maybe more than twice in the past, let's say, 10 years? Like kind of more recently. A few of us, not, not as many of us, but a few of us. Okay. So when I grew up, my mom still lives in the house that I was born in. Not, not like literally born in, right? Like we, were, we didn't have a home birth at that time, but we were... The, the house that my, I grew up in, my mom still lives there. So I was not used to moving. Now, I, I, my dad, when they got divorced and separated, like I had that kind of move. But I always still had that same home on Dibble Court in Santa Clara. That's still the address my mom lives. Now, since we've gotten married, Steph and I have moved one, two, three, about four or five times in the 14 and a half years that we've been married. So I've gotten much more used to moving in the past uh, season. And I don't know if you've ever had this when you've moved multiple times recently, especially, but have you ever had those things that you move because you think I'm going to use this at my next house or I'm going to, I want to hold on to it just in case. And then it stays in the same box that it's been in for the previous two years. And it stays the entire time until you move again. And you say, well, you know what? I might still need this again. And you keep holding on to it. And it's like, you're moving things along that you don't end up using. We had this, this is not a heavy thing, but we had this, um, this iRobot, uh, like um, like one of those vacuums. It's not a Roomba, but it's like that idea, right? So it just goes in and vacuums uh, the ground and inside. And so we just kept bringing it everywhere we went. I'm like, oh, well, we'll use it at some point. But, you know, at our Poway house, it had different levels in the ground. And so, like, it didn't work. And in our, uh, in our current house in Escondido, it's, we have carpet. Like, it's not the same flooring. So we don't use it. But it's like we keep bringing, we keep holding on to it and saying, well, maybe we'll use it later. Maybe we'll be able to use it another time. And now we're prayerfully in our forever home because uh, we plan on being here for a long time. And so we think, well, we're not going to use this. So why hold on to something that isn't going to benefit us in the future? There are things that we've experienced, you and I have experienced in 2021. Maybe it's from fear. He says, I command you, do not be afraid. Maybe we've allowed fear to determine how we live. Maybe we've allowed discouragement to be the voice that's loudest in our ears, that you're not good enough, you're not capable, no one loves you, no one even cares about you, and we've allowed discouragement to weigh us down. Maybe it's anxiety about jobs and about money. Maybe it's 
a broken relationship that we've kind of just kind of allowed to sit and fester in its brokenness. Maybe it's that desire to be approved of based on how good our grades are in school or to how much money we make or any of our possessions or anything like that. There are things that if we are to pack up our provisions and go into what's next, into the promised land, go into this next year in this case, there are things that we need to bring with us and there are things that we need to leave behind because why keep carrying something that isn't going to help us? So leave behind fear, anxiety, leave behind discouragement, leave behind finding our identity in the world, leave behind those things in the same way that as an Israelite is packing up and getting their provisions ready, they're not going to bring their 10-pound rock that they've used as a pillow for them in order to just go into the next promised land. No, they leave behind those things that aren't going to benefit them. So let's get the provisions ready. Leave behind what needs to be left behind in 2020. And bring with us what we want to take with us in 2021. Maybe a, a desire, again, to prioritize God's word, the reminder that we're leaders, the fact that we can go with God, the fact that our identity is found in what Jesus did for us, not how well we do at things. Maybe it's the idea of wanting to draw closer in community with other people who know and love Jesus. Maybe it's the boldness to be able to go and to share the gospel with people. Maybe it's watching online and we would never want to, or we struggle with inviting people to church, but we're going to say, we're going to send out links to watch a service because inviting someone has never been easier. And not that we're always going for easy, but we do want to acknowledge that there's an opportunity and, and an option for us to be bold. Speaking the truth in love, but to be bold. What is it that you need to leave behind in 2020? And what is it that you need to take with you in 2021? Because if I'm going to summarize how we face what's next with strength and courage, if I was going to get a point that would say, here's, here's what I want us to take home. It's on the screen here. It says this, to face what's next for us, we must gain strength from who's next to us. To face what's next for us. We don't know what's next. But to gain strength and courage for whatever's next for us, we need to gain that strength and courage from who's next to us. The one who said several times to Joshua, be strong and courageous for I am with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be with you wherever you go. God promises the God who created the heavens and the earth promises to be by our side. The one who breathed life into us and created us is making us more like his son and he's breathing courage and life into us still. We don't know what's next, just like we never could have imagined a year ago what 2020 would be, what we would face. But 2020 for many of us, has sharpened our vision as to our need for God. In order to have 2020 vision, it wasn't to have perfect vision, but it's reminding ourselves of who God is and that Jesus is all we need and we realize that Jesus is all we need when Jesus is all we have. And we hold fast to him. Whatever you're experiencing, we don't know what's next, but we can lean into who's next to us so that our relationship with him is strong, 
Our relationship with him is real. We speak to him. We hear him speak to us in prayer. We, we walk with him. We keep in step with him. We don't run off on our own, but we do go. And we don't just get dragged on our bellies. To face what's next for us, we must gain strength from who's next to us. And if I can encourage you as we close this year and we can close this sermon, it's to take a look at those four different things and for you to recognize what's the one I need to focus on this season, this week, this month. As we go into the new year, is it to remember that I'm a leader? whether that's others or leading myself? Is it to prioritize God's word? What does that look like? How, how do I set alarms or timers to remind myself to have time in God's word? How, how do I make that happen? Is it to go with God and to be bold and to move forward in confidence and courage knowing that he's with us? Is it to simply remember that we need to pack up and move forward with whatever we need, let go of what we don't need and take hold of what we do entering in the new year? Because if we do those things, even if we just do one of those things and prioritize that right now, then we won't know what's next, but we will be reminded and comforted by who's next to us. Will you pray with me? Father, we know that this season, this year has been difficult, and we sang about the, the desert song, and we sang that your love is the one thing that remains. We, sung, we sang these songs to remind us that even in the desert, we can cry out to you and you show up. Even in the wilderness of 2020, we know that you are with us and you never leave us nor forsake us. But God, we also know that we want to draw close to you in this season. We know that we want to experience strength and courage in a world in which strength and courage are hard to come by. Many of us can make a position or, or, or a posture of strength to make it look like everything's okay, but Lord, you alone know how our souls are doing. You alone know whether we are living and acting and um, moving forward with strength and courage or if we are feeling weak and discouraged. So Lord, I know as Isaiah 43 talks about, Lord, that you do not bruise or you do not bend a bruised reed and you do not snuff out a smoldering wick. God, you see us in our weakness and you see us in our brokenness and you can breathe life and courage and strength into us. So God, I pray that you would meet us here now. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to lean into whatever's next May we not focus on what's next for us and be anxious, but may we lean into who's next to us and lean into your presence. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.